we're back. And uh, look, you know the name Billy Graham. He lived a remarkable life in the presence of his family and in the view of the world. And people will come to their own conclusions about him, but no, no one can speak more insightfully than a son who grew up in the shadow of his love. In his book, Through My Father's Eyes, Franklin Graham details the remarkable life of Billy Graham, a life described not as a legend or a spiritual giant, in my mind that's an oxymoron, but as a father. And joining us right now is, of course, Franklin Graham. Franklin, you know, I have had your your sister on my show numerous times, and um, I guess my first question is, are you as cheeky as Ann Graham Lotz? <laughs> well, as I she, she is a wonderful lady, and, and I'm just so proud of her, and how God has uh, taken and used her in such a remarkable way, not only uh, in the United States, but uh, around the world. So uh, it's a privilege to be with you. I, I don't think I'm quite as cheeky as my sister, but we'll, we'll do our best. Well, look, man, I, I am sorry that, that both your mom and dad are gone. Does it, does it feel weird living in this world for the first time without either parent just being a phone call away? It, it, it does. Um, I remember the, when my mother passed away, a friend of mine, a pastor from California, a man by the name of Mike McIntosh, his mother passed away about the same time. He said, Franklin, he said, I miss the prayers of my mother, hmm. and I can feel the absence of those prayers. And I thought to myself, that's true. Uh, I feel the absence of my mother's prayers. And now that my father has passed away, it feels like um, uh, there's a nakedness, a spiritual nakedness in some way, because I don't have my father praying for me. And my father was a prayer warrior. My father believed in prayer. He prayed for his children. He prayed for the ministry. He prayed for every uh, evangelistic event that he undertook, he covered that in prayer. And so uh, it now has dawned on me that um, this is my re- my responsibility uh, to pray for my children uh, harder now than ever and to pray for uh, my siblings and the ministry more than I ever have, uh, because the work is not finished. We still have work to do. There are millions upon millions of people who don't know that Jesus Christ is God's Son, they don't know that he came from heaven to this earth to die for our sins in our place on a cross, and that he was buried for our sins and that God raised him to life. Hmm. Uh, millions upon millions of people uh, will, will pass into eternity, uh, not with that assurance, and will have to stand before God at judgment without the blood of Christ. So um, I'm going to do all that I can, not only to pray for my family, but to try to tell millions around the world about a God that loves them and who sent his son Jesus Christ from heaven to this earth for our sins. Well, Franklin, if if your dad had ended up following his dream of playing for the Yankees, I wonder where your life would be today. Well, I don't, I don't know. Probably, uh, who knows? Uh, maybe jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, uh, I, you know, it's interesting. You know, my father wanted to play for the Yankees, and I write about this in the book. And his dream was to, to be at Yankee Stadium and to be able to pitch a ball out before the stand or whatever, or to hit a home run. And but when my father passed away, uh, President Trump called me. He said, Franklin, he said, when I was a boy, my father took me to hear your father at Yankee Stadium. Wow. And uh, he said, that was a big deal. And I thought to myself, here, my father wanted to do uh, to play baseball, to go to Yankee Stadium, but instead of going to Yankee Stadium to play baseball, God took my father 
to Yankee Stadium to preach the gospel, and in the audience was the future president of the United States. Now, that's, only God could work that out. That's crazy. That is crazy. Okay, well, Franklin, how would you describe the uh, trajectory of your relationship with your father over the years? For example, when you were a kid, when you were a teen, when you were a young man, when you were a newlywed, when you were a young father, when you when you took over from him as the big cheese at the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, and finally, you know, how would you describe your relationship during his final years? I know that's a really long long question with probably a longer answer, but how would you sort of concisely describe the trajectory of your relationship with with your dad? Uh, He was a father who loved his children, and he he loved me unconditionally. And when I screwed up and made mistakes, I remember I write about it in the book, uh, going, getting kicked out of college. Uh, This was the third school that I've been kicked out of. And I dreaded that drive home, going up the the driveway to his home and uh wondering what kind of reaction i would get and i remember when the car pulled up uh to his his home uh there he stood uh on the steps with his arms held out welcoming home and Mm. put his arms around me and i learned about forgiveness from watching my father and how he dealt with me and then of course as a, a young adult uh, as I began to work with Samaritan's Purse and do our, doing our worldwide uh, relief work, uh, he was uh, always very supportive, and every chance he got, he would tell people about what I was doing. He was proud. And it, it made me feel good to know that my father appreciated uh, my life's work. And I was in Canada. Uh, I was in Saskatoon, and I write about my father um, having to make a decision about the future leadership of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And he said, Franklin, I want, I want you to be the one to take it over, and we're going to have our board meeting next week in Florida, and I want to know if I present this to the board, what will you say? And we had that conversation there in Saskatoon, and uh, the, um, the impact that my father has had on my life is incredible. And 20 years ago, he asked me to take take over the reins of the organization, which I did. And so for the last 20 years, I felt my, my responsibility was to do everything I could to help my father finish well and to be able to finish everything he had on his, well, on his mind to do. And so that's what we try. That's what I try to do for my father. And even uh, as he entered his 100th year, if he had sat up in the bed and said, Franklin, I want you to do this or do that, I would have said, yes, sir. And I would have done it. Uh, that's the relationship we had. You know, it's interesting. I, I was asked to leave five different schools. So I've, I think I, <laughs> I got to beat by one or something like that. Um, but, but I think about my father over the years and the trajectory of my life with my dad. And my dad and your dad seem to be incredibly similar. The graciousness and the, and the consistency of love and support. Even though yeah. uh, we both went through our seasons of being just a you know serious jerk um right. you know and it seems it, with in your case though franklin it seems that a number of preachers kids have grown up and become a little rebellious like yeah you know katie perry or you know alice cooper's grandfather was a pastor he told me that when he was on my show a few years ago and uh and sometimes they even grow up and and go the exact opposite direction spiritually like bart campolo uh tony campolo's son so right. so how did being a pk screw you up? I don't think it, it, it screwed me up. I, I think 
for, for, for me, as growing up, it wasn't that I rebelled against God. It wasn't that I rebelled against my parents. Uh, I just wanted to live my own life. I wanted to take my own path in life. And that's what I did. But there was an emptiness. And you could go to parties. You could be with, you could drink. You could do whatever you wanted to do. But there, you'd wake up the next morning, and there was this emptiness. There was this loneliness. And nothing you could do could fill that vacuum. And uh, in the book, I want people to know how they can have a relationship with God, how they can have that, that vacuum, that emptiness filled with God's love, uh, His Son, Jesus Christ. And so God's got a plan for each and every one of us. And many people sadly miss God's plan because they, they don't stop and they don't listen. And they, they don't hear that little voice inside where God is calling us. You see, God wants us to have that relationship with him, but sin is the barrier. Sin blocks the way, and the only way that we can come to God is through Christ because he's the only one to pay the debt of sin. Uh, Muhammad didn't do this. Buddha didn't claim to do this. There's only one person in all of history uh, who has claimed to take the debt of sin, and that is Jesus Christ. And when he hung on that cross, it was my sins that put him there. It was your sins that put him there, the sins of mankind. And he willingly went to the cross and gave his life and shed his blood so that we could have eternal life. And if we're willing to believe on him, turn from our sins, God will forgive our sins and he will heal our hearts. And he'll come into our life and give us that peace. And that's what, what I was 22 when that happened, mm-hmm. when I confessed my sins to God and asked for his forgiveness and, and put my faith and trust in Christ. And that changed my life uh, from that day to this day for eternity. Okay, the book is called Through My Father's Eyes. Much more than a biography, this book takes an intimate look at Billy Graham's incredible life and unstoppable calling through the unique perspective of his son Franklin, and of course that's who we're chatting with. Franklin, what's one characteristic of your father that you're actually thankful you don't have? Oh boy, Um, I can't think of one. Uh, My father was such a gracious person. Uh, He was kind to everybody. Uh, he, um, I just can't think, now, now see, people would laugh at him, I know, because he would change his mind from time to time, <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, you, you know, he'd say, well, we'll, we'll go to California tonight, and everybody gets ready to go to California, no, I think we'll wait and go in the morning, oh, really, okay, <laughs> and we we'll to change the airline tickets, then, no, let's go tonight, uh, <laughs> so, right, right, I, I try to stay closer to, stay closer to a plan. Right. Well, okay, so what are three, you know, three, I don't know why I picked three, just the usual number, three ways or a few ways that you are completely different from your father. In other words, how are you not, well, my, how are you not Billy Graham? I, I'm, I'm my mother's son, too. People have to remember that. My mother was, um, she was such a strong force uh, in his life, and um, she could say no. And uh, now my father could say no, but it would take him sometimes a little longer to get there. My mother, if she didn't like something or didn't agree with it, it was just no right then. Right. And, you, and you didn't change her one bit. I'm, I'm a little bit like that. Um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm willing to maybe confront things uh, head on a little more than maybe my father would. And I think I got that from, uh, from my mother. Um, uh, people uh, say I'm not as... Uh, <laughs> Uh, not as uh, gracious or as loving. I, I think I am just as gracious, just as loving, but um, 
I'm willing to speak out on the other issues as well, and that I think need to be, uh, especially cultural issues that are moral. Sure. I'm willing to speak out on those because, you know, the the, the Bible tells us that truth is truth, lies are lies, and uh, the church should have an influence on culture. Sadly, today the church is having uh, impact, or the culture is impacting the church, mm-hmm. and that is sad when when the churches want to look like the culture. Well, but the United States is known for wrapping uh, the Bible in its flag. And that's a that's a cultural phenomena that the rest of the world kind of cocks its head to one side and goes, really, that's that's kind of a strange phenomena. And yet, that's what you've grown in. That's all you've ever known is is uh, you know this separation of church and state is is that phrase is known to be maybe the most one of the most American phrases. But yet, you guys still wrap your Bible in your flag. Well, I don't think uh, our forefathers uh, wanted to take uh, God out of government. Uh, they, they didn't want one denomination. They didn't want uh, the Lutherans or the, the, the Catholics or the Pentecostals or the Baptists uh, to be the state religion. Right. And, of course, our forefathers came from Europe where the Anglicans, was, that was the state religion of the U.K., uh, Catholicism for, for France, uh, Lutherans for Germany. And our forefathers didn't want that, and they wanted us to be free from, from that, but that didn't mean they wanted to take God out of government, because there's so many references to God in our Constitution and Bill of Rights. So uh, what's happened is this, uh, this separation of church and state, uh, the secularist uh, and the humanist in government are trying to use that today to try to take any reference to God uh, out, of the, out of government. And that's not what our forefathers intended. You go to Washington, you, you see references to God on all of our monuments. Hmm. Well, okay, so so the difference between uh, I mean, look, I, I keep I think people are really kind of contrasting you and your dad, you and your your whole life. It's you know the difference between Billy Graham, the difference between Franklin Graham, and that's got to be so annoying. But but let me let me just throw this out. You know, your dad, Billy Graham, had his had his own ministry audited by an outside firm in order to make sure the numbers were available for anyone who asked to see them. Um, right. And your dad, from what I understand. You know, the, the ministry said we want to pay you more. He said no thanks. It's going to be this much and this much only. And 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 I don't know this. This is just stuff I've read online. Apparently, you you know you make over half a million dollars a year. And so, what's your response when people say to you, Franklin? How can you take that much money from your donors? Shouldn't more of that be used to do what Jesus would do? You know that kind of pushback. How do you deal with that? Well, so much of that you read uh, online. First of all. This isn't true. It's you know? not true. Uh, when my father, when my father died, um, uh, there was an article that came out in Newsweek magazine that my father was worth twenty-five million dollars, and uh, that was the furthest from the truth. Uh, my father, when he died, he had given everything away uh, that he owned. Now, my father, when my mother died, he said, "Franklin," he said, uh, "I want to give everything away while I'm living." So everything he had, he gave away. He didn't have a, 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 an estate. Mm-hmm. He had a little bit of money still left in his checking account, and he was working on his last book. And I told my father, I said, Daddy, you need to keep the royalties on this book. He said, no, son, I don't need it. I said, Daddy, I, you're living longer than you thought, and uh, you, you've got health care people at the house uh, helping you. No, son, I won't need it. I'm Okay, Dad, if you run out of money, I'll tell you what we're going to have to do. 
I might have to put you in a rest home, and you might have to share a room with a couple of people. That's all I had to say. And uh, he kept the he kept he kept the royalties for that. And uh, I'm glad he did because he lived another five years. Yeah. And uh, and when he passed away, that money was almost gone. But uh, no, I'm I'm paid by a board of directors. They set my salary. I've been doing the same thing for for nearly forty years. Wow. And so. Um, it's it's just uh, I haven't switched jobs. I haven't gone from organization to organization. I'm just doing the same old, same old. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got a wife and four kids, and I've got uh, 12 grandchildren. And um, so uh, my 12 grandchildren are, are hoping that I'll help them go to college. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I'm well, grateful for every dime the, the, the organization has given me over the years. And I, I can tell you right now, um, if they paid me nothing, I wouldn't change a thing I do. Yeah. I'm just, why is because God has called me to it. And I'm I'm thankful that he's called me to this ministry and it's uh, it's not because I'm paid. Yeah. It's because it's a calling in my life. And uh, I will continue to do that till the day I die. Well, Franklin, I had uh, I've had Larry King on my show a few times and and Larry had a massive affection for your dad. He loved your father. Now he said to me, I couldn't make that leap into believing what you're what your father believed. I couldn't make that leap into believing what Billy Graham believed. You know, he calls himself a, he used to be Jewish. Now he's agnostic. He's married to a Mormon. He's a perfect guest for my show. But in his later years, when your dad was on Larry King, I remember one, one of the greatest lines I've ever heard, you know, Larry would say things like, if I don't believe in Jesus, am I going to hell? You know, that question, the media question. And, uh, and your dad said it this way. He answered it during his last interview in Larry King. He said, Larry, all I know is that without Jesus, there's no guarantee. Now, that seems to be uh, very different from his earlier fire and and brimstone years, you know? I mean, the summation of of his theology now seems to land on God loves you, and he can make a difference in your life if you will let him. Uh, Do you think his his theology changed over the years? No, his theology did change, and I think he answered Larry correctly. First of all, God... Uh, my, my father can't say who God is going to let into heaven, who God's not going to let into heaven. Um, he can let anybody in he wants. But what we know from the truth is that there is only, and what Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Uh, my father never changed uh, his belief that there is only that way to God, it is through faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. But my father also believed that God is God, and if God said that he wanted this person to come to heaven, uh, then that person going to come to heaven. Uh, my father wasn't the gatekeeper. Uh, he didn't uh, stand, uh, he's not going to stand at the gate and say, you can come in, you can't come in. Only God does that. And so I think he answered Larry correctly. And of course, he, he's, he's wanted to be nice to Larry. And Larry had heard my father say it time and time again that uh, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And when Larry asked him a direct question like, well, am I going to get into heaven? If you know, Well, well Larry, I'm not God. Uh, I'm going to, you know, God will make those decisions. Yeah. But it is through Christ and him alone, and uh, Larry knows that. Mm. And my father, I think as he got older, was, was, was trying to... Um, uh, not only just be nice and gracious to these people, uh, he was wanting these people to listen to him. 
and uh, but he never changed uh, his theology, not not one bit. Um, and my mother certainly didn't change, and I'm not changing. My father believed the Bible, and he believed the Bible to be the Word of God. And this went back to the uh, late 1940s. He was in the San Bernardino Mountains when Chuck Templeton and some others were questioning the authority of the Scripture. And uh, my father was not—he was unsettled about this in his mind. And he went uh, out into the to the woods, and I'll write about this. And he laid his Bible down on a stump, and he just said, God, I don't understand everything in this book. And there are those that are saying that uh, it's not your word. It contains your word, but it's not all of your word. And I'm just going to write now, God, just say that I'm going to accept it as your word. I'm going to believe it. Even if I don't understand it, I'm going to believe it. Mm. And my father made that decision back in the 40s. And that changed the direction of his life. It's just like God breathed on him supernatural Holy Spirit blessing. And my father just, when he was standing in the pulpit, he'd hold the Bible. He'd say, the Bible says. And he quoted the Scripture. And that was his authority, was the Word of God. And so all of his, his, his messages were filled with the Scripture. And I believe the Bible to be God's Word from cover to cover. Uh, now, I have a little trouble with some of the maps. I wouldn't want to navigate using some of the maps, but uh, I believe every word, every word is from God, right. and it's is to be used, um, and we're to believe it and live it. And if we apply it to our life, God will, will take that and use that in our life. Well, just as we wrap our time here, let me, let me finish with this, uh, Franklin. I, I've heard from a few different people who were fortunate enough to visit your dad in the last few years. Kathy Lee was someone uh, who spoke, you know, mm-hmm. look, uh, Kathy and I are friends, and she still tears up when she talks about about your daddy. The, she, she, she was saying, that, uh, and others, that, you know, that his body was really failing near the end. And, and, and I guess what I want to know is, you know, what would you say to those in their later years? They're in their latter years, and, and their body is failing. Uh, you know, did, do you know if your father ever sort of, prayed to God, just take me home. And is that is that okay to pray that way? Like, I, I am so okay. sick of this body and the suffering I'm going through. Please take me home. Well, I think, I, I know for some of our the children, they were hoping Daddy would be released from uh, just the un, being uncomfortable and, and being bedridden. Sure. But my father said when he was 90, he was going to, be, he was going to live to be 95. My, now, my mother had just passed away. We didn't believe him. We said, well, he won't last another six months without her. <laughs> well, as he approached 95, he moved the goalpost. He said, I'm going to live to be 100. And um, my father knew that he was going to make it to 100. And so when he, you know, when he passed away on the, the 21st of February, President Trump, he he called me. He said, "Well, Franklin, it's um, he almost made it, didn't he?" I said, "Mr. President, he did make it." He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Just count nine months from February and see what month you land on. You land on November." My father made it to a hundred, and because life begins at conception, and uh, the president laughed. He said, "Well, I guess he did, didn't he?" <laughs> so. Uh, my father wasn't looking for uh, a way out of this world. He wanted to live every day that God put put gave him. So you never heard and him. So you never heard him say, "Please, please, God, just no, take me." No, 
No, no, I didn't hear that. Uh, and you know what? I believe for the last years of his life, what he did, I think he prayed. I think he was a prayer warrior. He just silently prayed for family and friends and, and co-workers. And I think he prayed for the president, for those that are in authority and leadership. He, he prayed. He, he didn't just sit there during the day doing nothing. Uh, he was praying. He, yeah. So yeah. he said he's going to live to be 100. And when he got there, God took him home. Well, Franklin, I wonder how life will change for you now that the shadow of your father has has uh, left. Well, maybe not left, but changed. You know, living in the shadow of Billy Graham. Franklin, that's an insane life. What a crazy life you've had. But, you know, I'm not going to change a thing I do. I'm going to keep doing what I do. I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep telling men and women about God and his son, Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell them how they can have that assurance of eternal life through faith in him. I'm going to continue to feed hungry. I'm going to continue to give clothes to the naked. I'm going to continue to give medicine. I'm going to continue doing the same thing I've been doing for the last 40-some years. I'm not going to change a thing. Well, I hope you have a great impact on President Trump. That's it. I'm just <laughs> leaving. Well, uh, I'm leaving it's, that it's, one right it's there. It's not a boring day. <laughs> it's, it's never boring. <laughs> no, I can imagine. Listen, the book is called Through My Father's Eyes. And, uh, of course, Franklin Graham is the one who's uh, telling this story. So uh, uh, the stories are unbelievable. The 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 the, uh, the image is unbelievable. It's a great read through my father's eyes. Franklin, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you, sir. Take care. Bye-bye.